Welcome everybody back to Dong City, March 16th, episode number 74, the Joe Nation, no, Joe Nathan edition, excuse me. Uh, but like I said, welcome back. Welcome back to Vince. Welcome back to you guys. Welcome back baseball. So let's get to it. How are you, Henry? It's a, this once a month thing is definitely a change of pace from how it used to be. It is. It is. You know, we're getting a lot of requests asking when the next show is going to be. So, you know, I, I kind of like the, you know, once a month thing. I think it works best for now. I think that, um, you know, getting requests to do it as opposed to forcing it down to people's throats, probably a better approach that we've been taking. So um, now the other side to this 2022, brother, you can't force anything down anyone's anything. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it is all bad. Uh, the the flip side to this is that we have a lot to talk about today. Um, Freddie Freeman or not. The hot stove is hot, <laughs> and uh, it seems I'm trying to think of what the trade, what the signing was that caused that. Maybe the Matt Olson trade. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think just getting back to baseball was kind of like, yeah, fans pissed off that the very next day there was no action. And I'm kind of like that would mean that there was collusion for teams and players to, you know, contact each other while there was a lockout. So but once they started, it started, boy. Yeah, absolutely. So as a result of that, we have uh, obviously all of the hot stuff. That's what we're going to talk about for the majority of the time. Um, we'll talk to a little bit about potential trades, stuff that can still happen, because we, we at this point, we kind of know who the players are that are going to be involved. And when I say players, I mean teams. Um, we'll touch on CBA rule changes as well, just to kind of go over that real quick. Um, not so much stuff. the... Yeah, not, not so much the, the money stuff, maybe some rule changes. We'll touch on this money stuff a little bit. Uh, we've got a few injuries early on that are pretty notable. And then, of course, we will wrap up from there and talk about what you guys want to talk about. So feel, feel free in the comments, add any sort of things that you want to address. Um, and here we go. Let's get into the free agency tracker. We're going to start most recent to the beginning of the post-lockout. Yes. By the way. Yes, I'm wearing my Kaepernick shirt that says believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. And I'm wearing this for the players. I see that. And I was going to wear my Gallo and Rizzo shirt since now I've got another year, year on the lease. Um, but I actually wore it yesterday by coincidence. So <laughs> that's not happening. If you didn't live stream anywhere. It doesn't count. That's right. <laughs> uh, fair enough. So we just had the most recent deal and it's, I got to tell you, these deals make less and less sense as they go on. This one might make the least sense. Chris Bryant just signed a seven-year, $182 million whopper with the Colorado Rockies where players go to die, uh, but not their performance. Henry, what are your thoughts on this? I don't get it. I'm still scratching my head. I don't. I understand why Chris Bryant did it. That's a hell of a lot of money. The Cubs jerked him out of, what, two service time years? Um, yeah. I get it. Get what you're going to get at your age. I don't get what the Rockies are doing one bit. They're not going to compete anytime soon. At least I don't think they are. They were just trading everyone and their mother just a year ago. Yeah. I don't get this deal at all. I mean, you had Nolan Arenado, who ideally was your franchise guy ever, you know, the best player you've ever had. And now everyone sees him for what he is. That's another discussion for another day. <laughs> but, you know, you, you had the third baseman. I don't, I don't get signing Chris Bryant. And I didn't look, I'm, I, I wonder how close Brian's contract is to whatever was left on Arenado's. I'm, I'm sure it wasn't that far apart. 
it's got to be more years at this point, right? Because Arenado's deal was only like seven years. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get this deal. It, it's a head scratcher. Yeah, what's weird to me is yes, Chris Bryant is the Chris Bryant is the poster boy for being dicked around in arbitration, right? Like he is the reason that entire controversy started yep. um, because the Cubs blatantly manipulated the dude who hit like eight home runs in the first two weeks of spring training, left him down for the exact amount of days they needed to before teams wised up and like added a few courtesy days. And then all of a sudden that, that started the snowball of bad blood uh, when it comes to art between players and owners. So of all the teams in Major League Baseball, once you have your say and you can sign with them, that you choose, you choose the one who repeatedly treats players like shit. Like they didn't trade or, or do dumb things. They didn't trade Trevor or they didn't trade um, Trevor Story last year. Which was no reason. Yeah, no reason whatsoever. They trade Nolan Arenado had a no trade clause and was supposed to be their franchise player and they still traded into the Cardinals and now you have Chris Bryant you're right signing more or less the same amount of money maybe did, for longer years at did this KB point. did KB get a non uh, a no trade clause he did wow so I, I don't I, like it's just weird to me and the one thing I can think about because the Rockies suck and Chris Bryant's not going to change that and I don't know if anything anytime soon is going to change that the one thing I can think that would be beneficial for Brian in Colorado is obviously he'd be hitting at cores and you would yeah. think that that would raise his, his numbers, but it's a seven year deal. So like if it was a one year pillow deal, it's like, all right, try and hit 30 home runs, drive in hundred runs there and get a better deal. But it's not, it's a long-term contract. So he has just dedicated the rest of his career to sucking in Colorado and being treated like shit. How soon before he's traded? Three years. I think three so years. Too. I think I'm three years is what I give him. Yeah. I think three years is what I give him. And and he's gonna do great in cores because that's what good players at cores do. They become great players. Um so what was the deal again? It was seven one eighty two. Seven one eighty two. Currently, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven years at one seventy nine left on Nolan Arenado's deal. The same make contract. it make fucking sense. It's so weird. And I guarantee you, Arenado's deal is probably better off in terms of AAV. Would you rather have Brian or Arenado? <laughs> Me, I'd rather have Chris Bryant. Um, yeah. If I'm the Colorado Rockies and their legacy and and everything that goes with it, you, you keep your guy. Yeah, I think for the consistency, I'd take Arenado. But they are they're like right around the same. He's consistently exaggerative with his splits. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, we know what Arenado can do in cores. Right. Uh, we don't know what Brian can do yet. So I guess we'll see that. And to be fair to Brian, San Francisco, not exactly a hitter's paradise, but Wrigley kind of is. So I mean, uh, we, we know what Arenado can do outside, of course, too, which is not as much as he can do in cores. Yeah. So that'll be interesting because Brian at his best is probably better than Arenado at his best away from cores. So <laughs> Joey said he got the, that's what I want to see. the Von Miller contract. <laughs> yeah it's the i mean aaron judge if you were watching right now this is your time to get that extension because we are in extension craze today i i called five years 200 million for judge i mean he has basis to ask for more at this point i i think and years we'll wise later i think it would be a massive mistake for the Yankees to extend him this winter. 
Next winter, we could talk about. We'll see how he does. I think it would be a massive mistake for multiple reasons if they did it this winter, regardless of what the dollar amount is. But I think it's got to start now at, at this 7182 or some form of that. I'm the so. Yankees. I'm drawing the line in the sand at five years. I'm sorry. What judge? I always Aaron Judge is what thirty one right now. Thirty. He'll be thirty two when he's a free agent. He's twenty nine right now, uh, but he turns thirty. Yeah, on April twenty sixth, so he'll be thirty one for. He'll be thirty one going into yes. his thirty two year season. No, he'll be thirty going into thirty one okay, next year. So that's a little better. Um, and on top of that. Uh, well, he's a young 31 because he he has not been in the majors as long as other guys who are superstars. He didn't come ah, in the, the Jacob like DeGrom excuse. Uh, well, hey, it's valid until <laughs> it's not. But the flip side of that is exactly that. <laughs> we see DeGrom breaking down. We've I seen Judge already breaking down. So what really good is his age? Yeah, um, so, yeah, I mean, if you're 30, you're turning 31. I'm just going to say he's 31 when, he's, when he starts his new contract. Um yeah, I mean, it, to me, you can't go six years hurts, seven years is ridiculous. I'm with you. Five years is a sweet spot. I like signing hitters through 36 let, if I have to. Let, let's stay in the AL East since we're talking about the yeah. Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. Yeah, so I just wrote about this. I know Chapman's your boy. Um, he's what Arenado should be. I love in Chapman. Yeah. I love Chapman. I... I I think this is more name brand to me than impact. You know, Chapman was a three and a half war player last year. So he's by no means a slouch, but I think when people see this trade, they think of Matt Chapman three years ago. Yeah, I agree. And he hasn't been that. And he, I think he has to prove at this point. And trust me, I, I treat my own players this way. He has to prove at this point that he's that guy again. Um, so I'm not, I wasn't, when I woke up, I was like, all right, that's a solid third baseman. But he's not the reason the Blue Jays are scary next year. <laughs> like that, that was the least. He's, he's nice. So it's yeah. it's that thing that he, what you don't give on offense, you take away on defense, and Chapman gives you that. He's the best defender at third base. With that said, I I think there are, that's a better lineup with Simeon in that lineup than than Chapman. Yeah. So you look at it. The Blue Jays really lost Robbie Ray, who was. Cy Young, right? He did win the Cy Young. Yep. Uh, and Marcus Simeon, who was a top five MVP candidate. Really, I think he was fourth specifically. If he wasn't, he should have been. Anyway, so they lost two guys who are who were top 10 players in the league last year. Um, they replaced it with, and we can cover the Blue Jays all right here, Kevin Gaussman, who I, I think we're split on. I don't personally love it, but I think it's a good – like I, I, he's not going to replace Robbie Ray. Um, coming from San Francisco and the NL without a DH, coming to the AL East in a hitter's park with a DH. I don't like that. Um, but when you combine that with Manoa, is that how you say his name? Um, yeah, Manoa presumably is going to be healthy. You know, for me, he's in the same category as everyone else, Severino, whoever you want to look at. Like, that, you know, he presumably is going to be healthy. If he is, I think he's a difference maker. But the main thing to me is Berrios is there a full year. And I think if you combine all of those things together, you can replace Robbie Ray's production, pitching-wise. Um, Hitting-wise, I agree with you. Chapman's not replacing Simeon straight up. But have they made another offensive moves? I thought maybe they had signed someone else. 
Maybe uh, not. I mean, Springer could be healthy a full year, but I, Springer, I, I mean, playing, Springer coming back is, is a thing. They have Teosco Hernandez. I, just hate, I hate playing the health game with any team because inevitably someone you just don't expect to get hurt is going to. So being like, well, this guy um, could bounce back doesn't really mean that much. Like Vlad could get hurt this year. Yeah. And I know that could we, just happen. Oh, I mean, Vlad's going to win the MVP this year, but yeah. um, no, he's <laughs> he not won it last year. Vlad. But yeah, because Otani is still in the league. So by default, Vlad is ineligible to win the MVP. Yeah, uh, no, uh, he, he can hit 60 home runs this year. He's still not going to win the MVP because he can't we, throw 100. You and I split on the Blue Jays, and then we had this conversation privately. Yeah. Um, I like that rotation a hell of a lot more than you do. Um, I think that's a really, really – it's not just a solid five. I think it's a really good five. Gossman, Barrios, Ryu, Manoa. Um, did they get Kikuchi? Yes, he was another guy I was trying to think so of. So I, yeah, I, I, and, and they picked up Ross Stripling. I like yeah. that. I mean, look, yeah. it's it. Those are no, it's that good. Eat, it's they, fine. They eat it's innings. Fine. They they get you to where you need to go. You know, and then at the end of the day, it's that offense that's going to carry them. But I really like that rotation. It's not elite, and when I say elite, it doesn't have two to three front end arms to me. I think but it'll be a top ten rotation. It's de- it, It's again similar to cross town. You know, to to division route. It's similar to the way the Yankees are designed in that it's more quant. It's more quantity over front end quality there's quality for sure but you've got yeah the jays have six or seven guys who you can rely on i don't think anyone except i i don't think they have an ace but at this point you've got ryu you've got manoa you've got uh barrios Barrios, and you've got gausman and any of those guys can have a big season they've got the potential I don't think any of them are an ace, but yeah, I mean, the Jays rotation is fine. And for me, they have moved into the top two slot in the AL East in some order. That, that's what I'll give them. They've passed the Yankees. And I think even without doing anything, they were better than the Red Sox going into this year, even I, though they lost by two games or whatever last year. I like, a, I like Alex Manoa a lot more than you do. I think that kid is an absolute stud. I like him a lot. I just don't like him this year to put everything together immediately. <laughs> like that that's the part i'm struggling i like with. the i like the fact that he's on the back end of their rotation and he he's not being leaned on you know they also have nate pearson yeah, that's who, fair you know right they, they have a lot of guys there i i really like i like that pitching staff i think their staff's going to be fine and pitching was not that bad last year they had a pretty good staff even right. before me replacing ray with three guys um, which I think, by the way, that's the way you have to do it. If you lose an ace, you have to replace him with like two or three guys, not just one. One thing I will say to their credit and to his credit, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you watched him get exponentially better at third, at first base defensively. Yeah, It was happening almost every game. The first game of the year when I saw him, his foot placement was terrible. He, he had horrible footwork. By midseason, by the end of the season, Vlad Guerrero was a very good defensive first baseman at the end of the year now now you give him the best third baseman defensively and they got something cooking there it reminds me a lot of Yuli Goriel um when Yuli first was playing first base I was not impressed and then he like became a really good first baseman defensively um but anyway yeah I mean I look the Jays are scary there's no getting around it and they own the Yankees face to you know heads up they own so, the East, yeah yeah, so uh, they are uh, – the only reason I'm not saying they're your no-doubt division winner right now is because the Rays exist, not because the Yankees exist. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, – the Jays have made the moves they have to make. 
my only point in all of this on this long tangent about Matt Chapman is Matt Chapman's not the reason for that. He's a, he's a nice piece, but he's not the headliner by any means. I feel like some people this morning were like, they signed Matt Chapman. Now they're a World Series contender. And I don't think this changed really anything uh, from how I perceived them before this trade and after this trade. No, I get it. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of first basemen who have played in the AL East, Kyle Schwarber heading over to the Phillies. That is the most Phillies move ever. Yeah. Like they're like, yeah, pitching's whatever. We don't care about that. Uh, let's get <laughs> Kyle Schwarber over and be this the seventh hitter who's like that in that lineup. I don't think he's going to be their first baseman. He's going to be, I think he's got to be their left fielder. They've been trying to fill that left field void for a while now. Passan referred to him as a free agent outfielder. So I think you're right. Yeah, I, I think he's, the, um, he's, he's not left going fielder. back to first like he was with Boston. I mean, the versatility is there if you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, I don't mind the move. I like Kyle Schwarber. Um, I've always kind of liked Kyle Schwarber and I think to his credit, he's become a more well-rounded baseball player. He is not to be confused with someone like Luke Voigt who has become less of a well-rounded baseball player. Uh, I did not see the Phillies coming out of nowhere. I I didn't have that one though. I thought for sure he was going back to Boston. The Phillies and Tigers are two of the weirder teams to me this off season, because we heard those two in Texas were the three kind of weird teams who are going to spend a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Texas did. Like, I think, you know, early on, we already forgot they signed Seager and Simeon. But um, but then the Phillies and Tigers kind of just like, uh, Tigers have bias, I guess. Yeah, um, Tigers I got. It, yeah, it makes sense. But they, they were supposed to be all over Correa. That died. Uh, and the Phillies were supposed to be all over everyone, it, it feels like, and they have Kyle Schwarber to show for it. So yeah. I don't I don't know what's going on there, but Schwarber is their guy. I thought Chris Bryant would end up there. I thought Chris Bryant would end up in San Francisco. Um, so I, I really yeah. thought he was going to go to Philly. And I kind of agree with Julia. I think Chris Bryant would have been a better fit in Philly. Yeah, um, agreed. Yeah, it, it's, they, <laughs> they, they got a discount version. Um, speaking of discounts, this is the opposite of that. The Cubs signing Sia Suzuki five years, 85 million. Now I like Sia Suzuki. I wanted again, the Yankees to kick the tires on him. I think he'll be a solid outfielder, but for an unknown import five years, 85 million is about 35 million more than I wanted to spend. So I'm glad we did not do that. Wasn't his projected number somewhere around 50 million? Yeah, it was it was like a like a three forty five five fifty like somewhere in that range was the projection. He goes for five eighty five, and not just from a race standpoint, but this really does remind me of Fukudome. <laughs> this is like very similar to that signing. That's racist. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is, but it's true. Like this is exactly who he reminds me of. It's this unknown product who not um, a lot of people were really that into, but the Cubs end up with him, which is fine. But that's a lot of money, and I don't think he's going to be worth that. But I do think he improves the Cubs, and this is a young guy who is going to be there for five years. So oh, it's not a bad move. I just they overpaid for him. If I told you that Dong City would get canceled for some racist or some crazy shit, <laughs> you would think it would be my fault, right? <laughs> They're both outfielders. They both have cool names. I'm not even looking at the Asian part of it, you know? Um but yeah, five years, eighty-five million. That is, that's a lot for a guy that has not. Yeah, I, I do not like that deal at all. I mean, look, w- with the Japanese players, it, it's always you know hit or miss, right? Pun intended. 
Yeah. Um, it, it could turn out to be a really good deal. I just think that's a hell of a gamble. Yeah. I mean, if he's Hideki Matsui, great, but he could also be uh he's just gonna Ugedome. stay there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, could be, uh, what was it? Kaz, what was the other one? Kaz uh, Kaz Matsui. Yes, thank you. I was trying to remember Kaz Matsui. Yeah, Kaz Matsui was the K Gawalak oh hitters. God, dude, Kaz Matsui had so much hype here in New York. I was like, just, yeah, just horrible. Uh, Gawa, but on the hitter side. You, yeah, exactly. He was really bad. Uh, Zach Grinke returning to the Royals. I like that. It's fine. Uh, that's where guys like that should go to wind down their I career. Mean, look, I think the, the Royals decided they want to be contenders i mean you know let them go for it now the royals are interesting last year as you may well remember i was very much on the royal surprising people bandwagon because i nominated their manager for manager of the year mm-hmm. which was great for like three months um now the royals <laughs> who i'm not high on at all go and acquire amir garrett for mike minor which is a fantastic deal for the royals for the royals yeah uh, and then they signed Zach Greinke for a year who Zach Greinke is not the Zach Greinke we've known, but this was a dude who was still putting up numbers uh, in some big spots until he ran into the Red Sox. I like so, that. Yeah, I mean, look, you yeah. get to go home. I'm sure this is Zach Greinke's final season. You know, let him end where it started. It's a, it's a nice story. It's a team that he'll put up decent numbers in. I get it. Yeah, and low pressure. You know, he, he doesn't have anything to prove anymore. Uh, he gets to go to a big ballpark and, no. and he's joining Amir Garrett, your boy. I like Amir Garrett. I had envisioned Amir Garrett in pinstripes. It just, he fit what we need in the bullpen. He's CC yes. Sabathia in the pen. He would um, have been a perfect replacement for Zach Britton. What? Like perfect. Now, they both even struggled last year. You, you talked about Amir Garrett and Mike Minor. Make this deal make sense. So this is where I'm stuck. Um, what I te- the fuck are the Reds doing? Please, I texted one sense. friend, one person I, I texted about this, and they were like, well, yeah, Mike Miner is better than Amir Garrett. And I was like, okay, let me look at their stats. Now, I will say this. Until last year, when Mike Miner was a starter, he was pretty good. That's all I'm going to say about that. Because Amir Garrett last year was really bad, and, and Mike Miner was really bad. They both had five-plus ERAs. But... Here's where it gets very, very confusing, as I'm sure you agree, Henry. The Reds are in a fire sale. <laughs> they are dumping money left and right. They've money given away everything. I've given away concessions. Suarez is gone. Winker is gone. Gray is gone. Wade Miley's gone. They're not competing. They're not intending to compete. Now, in that sense, getting a guy like Mike Miner makes a lot of sense. This is just a guy you can throw out there. He's an ED and he's fine. You have to field the team. But where it's so confusing to me is Mike Miner makes like $10 million a year <laughs> and uh, and the Reds ate money to acquire him for Amir Garrett. So they actually raised their payroll and it wasn't like a couple of million. It was like, a, it was like $7 million or something like that. They raised their payroll to get rid of Amir Garrett, who's a pretty good reliever until last year, to get Mike Miner, who is 34 years old, which is the weirder thing. He's not, this isn't like he is due for a rebound year. He was terrible, and now he's 34, and he's going from Kansas City, which is a massive pitcher's park in a really shitty-hitting division, to the NL Central, which is still a shitty-hitting division, but in a hitter's park. I think they may trade him. That's Mike Miner. I, mean, I, 
That's what these teams do. Trade anyone. That's what yeah. these teams do. They acquire talent and they trade them at their peak value. Yeah, I, I'm sure you're right, but why not do that with Garrett and just hold him or I com- Miley? Yeah, I, I completely missed the next deal. By the way, I didn't even see that. Braves re-signing post yeah. postseason hero Eddie Rosario. Uh, yeah, that's nice. I, you know, look, the Braves landed on their feet. Uh, we could talk about the Olsen deal here too. Yeah, let's do I, it. By the way, I don't know what the fuck Freddie Freeman is doing at this point. Like, this confuses me, and I'm like one of the most lenient guys in free agency because I, I, you know, I do something similar to this at, for a living, and I know there's variables a lot of times people aren't considering when it's about taking a job. Like I get that part. And I'm also very pro players union. So I, you know, I get the part of wanting money and and all that. I have no idea at this point what Freddie Freeman's, where his head is at or where his wife Chelsea's head is at. Like no idea. Her head is in the sand and and she's clearly driving this decision, by the way. She is. I I told my, yeah, my friend asked me and I was like, the only advice I have on this, the only thing I can say is Chelsea Freeman has the keys to this. Yeah. Because it's so irrational and nonsensical from a baseball standpoint. And we know that she has her preferences, just like Cliff Lee's wife did. I can 100% tell you the reason that Freddie Freeman not coming to the Yankees really doesn't bother me as much as I feel like some people might have thought it would, is that Chelsea Freeman does not want to be in New York City. Guarantee it. Just like Michael Brantley didn't want to play for the Yankees either. Little known, little known rumor that I believe. So, um, we, I mean, we spoke about this before. I mean, it, it's, it's it's that thing. We shit on Brian Cashman all the time for some of his moves, right? Yeah. But it's not for I lack of it. trying here. Yeah, he, no. He, 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 uh, tra- he tried. I, I read presumably... a couple places that apparently the Yankees had the highest and best offer, both in years heard... and AAV. So here's my speculation on Freeman. We'll tie it back into the Braves. The Yankees were rumored off for something like five years, $150 million. We know that the Dodgers have a four-year deal out there. We don't know how much money it is, but knowing the Dodgers, it's probably like 140, 150. It's probably in the same ballpark to see or less. We know that the Braves offered allegedly a five-year deal and Freeman wanted six, which tells me that the Yankees, even if they offered six, he wasn't going to go. because I think they would have done that. And it tells me the Dodgers aren't backing off of four. And then you got the John Heyman angle, which is that all of these AL East teams are in on him. And I'm telling you right now, I called bullshit on John Heyman during the CBA, and I'm calling it again. I think he is a shill for agents and for owners when it's convenient for him. I think he's just a shill. I think he'll write whatever someone tells him to write. You stick your hand up his ass, and he's writing for you. Right. So I say that to say this. The Rays... He's the only one until very, very recently who was tweeting that they were very in on this. I can't imagine any scenario the the Rays are going to outbid the Dodgers. So that's one thing. The other thing, we heard the Jays were in it. Carlos Baerga predicted that Freddie Freeman was going to the Jays. Carlos Baerga. When did Carlos Baerga become like, you know, the breaking news authority? (laughs) He broke, I think, Springer to the Jays last year. And because him and Freeman have the same agent and because Carlos Bayerka broke that story ahead of time, all of a sudden he's on batting a thousand, which he's not. And he didn't have a player either, by the way. And um, and then, so, yeah, I, I mean, the, the J- here's what we know. This is the only thing we know, like pretty, pretty rock solid. 
Freddie Freeman wants a six-year deal. And Chelsea Freeman wants to play in a warm climate because she's from Florida, as all good Floridian women want. Uh, Atlanta was a warm climate. They wouldn't go six years. LA is a warm climate. They won't go six years. The Yankees are not a warm climate and they're out and they signed Rizzo, which tells me that no matter what they did, Freddie Freeman was like, I'm not coming to New York, bro. So if that's the case, I don't know. And now we know he's not going to Toronto either. They signed Chapman. And I said that. I don't care if his parents are Canadian. I don't care if he loves poutine. I don't care what connections you had with agents. He was never going to go to Toronto either. So this leaves Boston, which in my mind is no different than Toronto or New York. It's, it's still worse. the AL East. It's yeah, worse. It's still the AL East. You have a terrible media, maybe worse than New York's. You have bad taxes there too, and it's shitty weather. So Boston makes no sense to me whatsoever. If the Yankees were out, I think Boston was just in to drive up the price. So it really leaves the Dodgers, Rays, and your dark horse, as there always is, in the Padres. Now, the Padres are not signing Freddie Freeman until they trade Eric Cosmer, and they've been trying to trade him for over a year. So I don't know what's happening there either. I, I have no idea how this saga ends. I just know Boston and Toronto and New York made no sense because Chelsea Freeman does not want to go there. <laughs> so that's where we're at. I agree with Carlos in the comments section. Freddie Freeman overplayed his hand and he got greedy. If you tell me before last season, Freddie Freeman was getting a five or an even six year deal, everyone would have laughed. Now he's getting greedy. Um, and I'm, you know what? Credit to Brian Cashman for moving on so quickly because what Brian Cashman did is he fucked Freddie Freeman. Yeah. Well, you fucked he, Freddie he Freeman out. because, like you said, you can take the Boston rumors, you can take the Blue Jay rumors. The only one I believe is the Dodgers. Maybe I can get in on San Diego if they try to do something there with Hosmer. But again, it's the, it's, it's the Dodgers and it's nobody else. I don't think Boston's in on it. I don't. The Jays don't make any sense. The Jays don't want to pay their own guys. I mean, I'm right. sorry, the Rays. Right. Oh, I, okay. Like the Rays, I can see maybe offering like one year, 40 million for a pillow deal. But why would Freddie Freeman take a pillow deal after being a World Series hero and having a 900 OPS and being an MVP? Freddie Freeman is going to the Dodgers and I just stop bullshitting and make the call already because it ha- it's going to happen. I bet you. He goes to the Dodgers on a four-year guaranteed deal. And to save pride, they'll work out some sort of crazy, like incentive-based two-year extension or or mutual option or some sort of buyout or whatever. There's something contractual that'll make it seem like he got longer than that. Or, or maybe the Dodgers go to a fifth year and he closes the deal because he's like, Yeah, I've got no one left. He's got no one left. No one left. They're, they're on the agent tricks at this point. We've seen this before. I can't remember play Like Machado comes to mind. I feel like he had to do this to get the 300. Oh, wait, wasn't there? No, that was Correa. I was going to say that the, the O's had an offer out there, but that was Correa. Yeah. So I don't know where Freddie's going. I'm we very know confident. where Freddie's going. <laughs> yeah. And Dodgers have always been my, my top guess since the lockout came back. Um, and I say that because obviously my first guess was the Braves. And then once the lockout ended and it seemed like they still weren't engaging, I was like, all right, there's something here. Um, and then he, uh, Dodgers are still, that makes the most sense. But let, so, let, me, let me say something to Yankee fans, um, specifically the Yankee fans. You guys need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. You need take to a calm few drugs. the fuck down because the Yankee fans think, why, we, why couldn't we get this play? Sometimes players just don't want to fucking come here. Yeah, they Period. don't understand. No, no matter concept. what you say, what you do, sometimes players don't want to play here. Michael yeah. Brantley, Zach Granke, 
Freddie Freeman. Sometimes guys just don't. With Lee. Ken Griffey Jr. I mean, yep. Guys, the, the Yankees are, are not this I, I have to play for them type of franchise that, that Yankee fans think that we are. So right. stop with the bullshit. Cash Especially if you're not in a dynasty anymore. Like, there's one thing it. when we were grabbing Roger Clemens from, from places, um, but they're not in a dynasty anymore. They're not even a favorite anymore. So yeah, just, just, just stop. It. Like, yeah, it's it's got history and some players like I think Garrett Cole genuinely appreciates baseball history. Alex Rodriguez genuinely appreciated baseball history. I think that was a nice feather in the cap for them to come to New York. Some guys want to come to New York for the pressure. Um, Look, but with, yeah, other guys don't. With, <laughs> with the simple. amount of with the amount of money that's out there with endorsements and social media and, and advertising it's no longer players have to play. You can be a fucking superstar and play in Milwaukee like Christian Yelich. You, yeah. you don't have to be in a big market to be a superstar these days. And, and players are not the that. only ones giving out superstar money. Like, it, you know, there's one thing in the 90s when Steinbrenner was like, here's a blank check, come join seven other all-stars. But that's not the case anymore. Everyone's and and let's, let, let's get it. Orioles are offering $300 million. Let's be real. Getting Freddie Freeman is a better player than Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. I don't think Freddie Freeman is that much more of a difference from what we would have paid for Freeman and what we ended up paying for Rizzo. No, I think that the the power rankings of first baseman, I think I saw yesterday or the day before, was pretty accurate. Freddie Freeman's the best first base option um, for 2022, and Anthony Rizzo was like 10th. Um, they're both still, yeah, fine. You can argue Olsen, you can argue Vlad. Uh, Freddie Freeman's a top three first baseman. Anthony Rizzo's a top 10 first baseman. Right, right. So they're both in the top third of the league. One of them you're paying 32 million to, the other one you're paying 140, 150, 160 million to. So, you know, that's it. Yeah, it's not the best option, but it's, it's a good option still in a vacuum. We'll get to that in a second. But to tie up the Braves' point, they landed about as well as you can. Out of this saga, they I, didn't give Freeman the money, but they traded for Matt Olson instead. I owe the Braves fans a bit of an apology. Don't do that. No, no, no. You know why? <laughs> the, I didn't like the trade initially. I, I just didn't. I thought that they gave yeah. up a boatload of talent. Whether you like the talent they gave up or not, the value is value for those guys and where they're slotted organizationally. They gave up what their top two guys, top three. Three two of their top, top 10 three prospects and I think two of their top five. Yeah. And two of them were top 100 players. Yeah. Um, so that was a lot of fucking rev uh, value to give up. Now they turned around and, and signed Matt Olson to a deal that was pretty that's team friendly. Yeah. So to me, that's where they made up for it. So yeah. you know what? You're getting the value of Olson, you're getting him cheaper, and you're not that much different in player from you know, what you, you are this year to next year. So yeah, I think the Braves, they didn't do bad here. Matt Olson in 2022 is 85 to 90% of the player Freddie Freeman will be. Um, he's obviously four years younger, I think. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was giving my thoughts on this in real time in baseball life with Braves fans. And I said, look, Freddie Freeman's the top choice. I think he is a better player in 2022 than Matt Olson. He is your boy. Um, there is something to be said for that. You know, it, it is a business, but it's not always all business with the Braves. It is because they uh, don't give a shit about players. But, um, you know, the the optimal option would be signing Freddie Freeman. They didn't do that. What they didn't. And, and as a result, it cost them 
heavily prospect wise, but that was a fair trade. I felt it was obviously the best package. I, I don't. Think- I did not like that trade value wise one bit for the Braves, but they, again, they made up for it with the contract they right. gave. So I that's what I said. If you're gonna give up your top prospects, which it wasn't overpay, that's how they got the deal done. I have no doubt the Yankees were in on Olsen too. Mm-hmm. I also have no doubt they were not willing to do more than put one of their top three prospects in. And then after that, it was probably a drop-off compared to the Braves. Um, I think the Braves putting that second giant piece in, and I'm not a Christian Pache or whatever his name is fan at all, but he is a top prospect. Uh, I like the other kid who they put in there. I think when they did that, it was a no-brainer. There's no way Cashman was going that. They locked it up. The only way this made any sense to let Freeman go over money and give up your top prospects was to extend Olsen. And not only did they do that for an eight-year deal, which I think is fair, because again, you're going to that magic 36 age, um, but they did it at a pretty good extension, a fair extension. I don't think they ripped him off like Ozzy Albies, but I don't think it was a ripoff either. But, from by the team. way, this is just yeah. another example, and I'm sorry. I don't care what anyone says about this is a Yankee tax. Let me tell you why. Let's say Cashman gives up what they wanted. Do you think Matt Olson and his agent settles on 168 million for eight years from yeah, the Yankees? It would have been like 200 million. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They would so, not have gotten an extension done that. Exactly. Fast. And they would not have been that cost. Right. Um, so, yeah. It's, I, it's the just first, like how the Royals can trade minor for Garrett. <laughs> so again, I happened. first hated the deal, ended up loving the deal when they got that extension done. So, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, look, if Matt Olson's that same guy he was last year, uh, and this was in Oakland, he had 38 home runs and a 900 OPS. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, and he's a lefty, which I like. Um, yeah. If he's that guy for the next four or five years of this eight year extension, they win. You're good. <laughs> you were going to eat two years on Freeman production anyway, or you were going to pay him like 15 and million more. It's than you're paying eight Olsen. years beginning immediately, right? Yeah. So it's a six-year extension. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it, right. It, it's a hell of a deal for the Braves. Yeah. Uh, you're getting Olsen two years younger on the extension than you would Freeman. Like if Freeman signed a six-year deal, it'd be three age 38. Olsen signed six years beyond his two years is three age 36. Do we really have to go to the next deal? I mean, it's just laughable. You're on Anthony Rizzle? Rizzo? No, no. Oh, no, oh. I missed that one. Okay. I was talking about the one after <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> No, I don't think we should ever go to the Pirates. Let's knock out the Pirates real quick. Heath Hembry and Daniel Vogelbach, who I saw live last year and is every bit as fat as you think he is. Um, they go to the Pirates. Great. <laughs> that's, that's their offseason. So, so they're filling the roster. Yeah. Now, you interesting little point, though. We can make it interesting, even though it's the Pirates. Vogelbach leaves the Brewers. Who do you think could fill in for a fat... More athletic than you think. Right side of the infield power bat. I've been did I, I have I not been saying Luke Voigt you for have. a couple days you now? You had Brewers before me. I've still got I, I think Guardians, although they have seen them like they don't even want to spend five million on Voigt. Luke Voigt um, makes perfect sense for the Brewers. He fits that lineup wonderfully. He can play first base, he can DH. He fits that lineup. I'd say Rockies and Cardinals are probably the other two that I'd throw in there. What are you gonna do with Goldschmidt? Uh, DH, yeah, not Goldschmidt, DH Void. I mean, I guess they, they save face and take him back. 
they were allegedly, and this wasn't just by one dog shit source like Heyman, they were in on, on Voight like of like last week or two weeks ago. They were like pretty interested. By they the way, think jo- it's going to be a next week. Join us next week as John Heyman is our special guest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please. I have gotten more things right about these deals with zero sources than John Heyman as John presumably Heyman. with sources. Terrible, terrible. Yeah. Awful. Him and Bob Nightingale, total clowns. Bob had his thought he had his moment, and then it fell apart in his face. Yeah, I'm wrong about everything too. I'm looking at the Cardinals depth chart. I mean, they need a DH. Yeah, they need a. They always need a bat. They need a bat. So Voight makes sense, and they have a zillion pitchers. Just give us a reliever who is a back end innings eater, and we're good. Give us a, a Gallegos type, the guy Voight was traded for. And that would be what fan- that would be fantastic if we ended up trading the, the guy. Fitting if they get ever. traded for each other twice. Yeah. What's so funny to me is that when Gallegos was traded for Voight, I had no idea who Voight was, and I loved the deal because I hated Gallegos. And then I liked the Gallegos, Cardinals. remember? Yeah. Uh, in fact, Gallegos of the fame. I went to a Yankee game once, right before the like the right before the offseason he was traded. And he's pitching the ninth and the Yankees were winning like by, I don't know, eight runs. Uh, this is against the Red Sox. And I said, hey, there's no way this inning ends in under 30 pitches. He threw 31 pitches up by like eight runs and a blowout. He was the mop up guy and he still couldn't get out of the fucking inning with any sort of efficiency. I love Alex, I love Alex Reyes, but I don't think they're going to give up Alex Reyes. I think Alex Reyes is knocking down that closer's job. So, yeah, no, I, I'm telling you again. Uh, they may not even give up Gallegos. I was just using that name as an example, but they have arms that they can give up. Maybe two who are in AAA for all I know. Um, that's a target to watch. I do like the Brewers as well, though. Uh, they could also use a bet, always. So uh, they got Hunter Renfro. That's nice. You can add Luke Voigt to that. So that's your tie-in to the Pirates. <laughs> and then uh, former Cub Anthony Rizzo, um, back with the Yankees, as we mentioned. So... This is, I think, where we can tie in everything the Yankees have done. Um, along with signing Rizzo back, two-year deal, $32 million, I think perfectly fair. I'm actually surprised it's not any form of 30-year option or anything. Um, in addition to Rizzo, the Yankees also a big trade with the Twins. Gary Sanchez is out of my life forever, presumably, finally. I've only been asking for two or three years now. He, Gio Urshela, who I don't hate, but was pretty terrible last year, goes with him. Uh, Yankees get Ben Rudberg, whatever, Swedish chef, um, as a catching prospect. He's a left-handed catching prospect who is major league ready. Probably not very good with the bat, but he's a major league ready catching prospect who bats left-handed. But the two pieces in this that are bigger than that, Josh Donaldson for two years, uh, making way too much money at third. And the crown jewel in my mind Isaiah, Falafa, Kiner Falafa. Kiner Falafa. Right? Yeah. I'm calling him me, Falafel. So a, I'm, I've been yeah, calling him Falafel. Wiz Khalifa Falafel. That's yeah. what I call him. Um, he goes to the Yankees. Now, Henry, another guy you mentioned before the lockout was Falafel. And, uh, and you wanted him. And honestly, between you and I, I really didn't look into his stats very much. <laughs> just was like, yeah, whatever. Give me anything. Like, give me anything to play shortstop. I will take it. Iglesias, Simmons, whoever you want, just give me a shortstop. I don't care. I can't have Glaber Torres going back to shortstop in any way, shape, or form. We have no other options. And and by the way, trade Voight and Sanchez. Those are my wishes going into the offseason. 
Well, Voigt's going to be traded. Sanchez is traded. And they get their shortstop. And I look at his stats, I'm pleasantly surprised. He's a pretty good player. He's a great defender, and he's an okay bat. I mean, he, you're getting him to do what he's supposed to do, and that's play good defense. Falafel is a one-dimensional offensive player, yep. and it's the exact dimension I wanted, batting average. Batting average. Um, I, I Look, I'm not like a weird old-school numbers truther, but there's sometimes when a batting average and a low K rate is very important, and that is the New York Yankees. <laughs> they needed this bat. Um, and he's pretty athletic, plays every position, and he's fast. These are all things the Yankees don't have. I tell you, Volpe better not miss. Yeah. Volpe better not miss yeah. because if Volpe is a bust and you have Carlos Correa sitting there, you have a lot to answer for. Yeah. Because um, say what you Correa... want, Carlos Correa, Yankee fans. I don't want that guy. Yankee fans are fucking idiots, and we know this. Yankee fans are idiots. They 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 play with their hearts. They don't play with their brains. Carlos Correa is, is is a superstar. He's not a good player. He's not an okay. He's a superstar. He's a great player. Carlos Correa may not fit with this team long term, but Carlos Correa, you find a place for him if you need him. Period. This shit about Volpe, I, I don't care. You could move him to third base. Tell him you didn't want to spend the money. Whatever the case is, but I didn't want him because I didn't think he fit long term. Yeah, and you'd have to command what a t- at least a ten year deal, and that back scares me. You tell me you can get him on a five year deal, high AAV. I'm all in on that. But I, I don't like him ten years. Carlos Correa is the Matt Olson of shortstops, which is why it's so funny that Yankees fans had zero interest in Correa mm-hmm. because they had all the interest in Olson, right? Uh, as an alternative and we know it's just for personal reasons they don't like Carlos Correa as a person they think he's a cheater or whatever uh, he is a cheater but you know he proved right. since then that his he's stats are probably pretty yeah he's a, he's a rock solid player I had no problem with Correa he's not a perfect fit he's right-handed mainly that's the reason he's that's, not a perfect that's it fit. if he was a lefty um, he'd be a Yankee but I have news for you I've seen Anthony Volpe. I've been following Anthony Volpe for two years now. Anthony Volpe is an Italian from New Jersey, so he's automatically my favorite prospect of the last like 20 years since Jeter, who also grew up in New Jersey. Um, Anthony Volpe it could make a solid shortstop, but he could very, very, very well play second or center. <laughs> like the kid's athletic, he's electric, he's fast. Uh, and he doesn't have a great arm. It's like a good, it's a no, it's a good enough arm to play shortstop. It's not a great arm like Correa has. Right. So if you told me right now that Peraza, if they both panned out, played shortstop and Volpe moved off of it, that's what I think will happen. Right. And if Peraza doesn't pan out, Volpe would still maybe not play shortstop. So there's no reason not to sign a long-term shortstop. That said, again, I, uh, falafel, checks a lot of boxes that I I said before the trade. This isn't revisionist history. I'm not trying to like jock the Yankees. I very rarely do. It's a really good trade for unheralded players. And Josh Donaldson, yeah, he's old. He's injury prone. He's going to miss. I can promise you he's going on the IL this year. He's also very, very fucking productive. He is still a good hitter. That's the part that's getting lost in all this. And the other thing, Everyone's stuck on this is what drives me nuts about non about Yankee haters. I hear so much about how Gio's a piece of shit and Gary's a bust, and rightfully so, because Gary really has been terrible for just years now, since 2018. 
Uh, but now the second they're treated, all of a sudden Gary's going to have a renaissance in Minnesota. Uh-huh. And Gio in that airport they play in is going to be better than he was last year. It makes no sense whatsoever. Especially since they got rid of a better Gary Sanchez and Mitch Garver. Yeah. Who was traded, traded for, for Falafel. Yeah, right. I, I, the Twins are they're taking several L's from me. That made no sense. All it was was a salary dump. And that's fine. If you're the Twins, you want a salary dump Donaldson. I think that's good. Where I don't think they're going to be a World Series contender regardless, so why not do that? Um, and the Yankees taking on the salary is fine with me because you're getting a productive player. Even if he plays 120, 130 games, he's a he's a plus 800 OPS, 100 points higher than Gio or Sanchez last year, who, who by the way, were both also part-time guys. They played, had 100 less at-bats, 200 less at-bats. So you're in a good player in Donaldson, and you're getting the perfect stopgap. At shortstop. You, you know what's going to happen, right? They're both going to get hurt. Me- mental midget <laughs> Gary Sanchez, who could not take the pressure. I don't care what anyone yeah. says. You saw it every day. There's a highlight reel of his past balls out there, which is the funniest shit ever. Yeah, and him crawling after Gary him. Sanchez is going to have a, a really, really good year because he's playing in fucking Minnesota where there's no pressure. The Twins have a habit of doing this. They'll take our retreads like Carl. Going to have a good use. He's going um, to have a good season. It's usually pitching. I still don't. I I think Gary's so bad. He's still not going to. But if if you told me he had like a two thirty batting average in a bigger pitcher park, uh, instead of Yankee Stadium, I'd believe you. But even so, <laughs> unless there's some catastrophic injury here beyond what we expect from Donaldson and don't expect from the most durable guy in baseball last year at over 600 at-bats in Falafel, Yankees won that trade value-wise, and they won it considerably. Those guys are three times more valuable. Four war? Three, five war? Like almost, like five war, yeah. Yeah, Gary Sanchez, 0.6 last year, and Gio Urshela, I think, was like 1.2 or 1.5. Don't get me wrong, I I love Gio. I think he was a nice story. He stuck around for, what, four years now? Uh, it's yep. a nice story. It's it's hell of it, but at some point you reach you reach your ceiling, and that's that. And with Gio, that was it. Yeah, uh, you know he he was a great find. He had some clutch hits, and until last year, he really did have a batting profile that I loved. But then his K rate exploded last year, which I don't think a lot of people are paying attention to. Mm-hmm. You've got two guys with twenty plus percent, and Gary's case is like twenty nine. I think Gio is twenty six K rate. You're replacing it with Falafel is like 18%, and Donaldson is like 21. That's a lot of strikeouts the Yankees cut out. And then on top of that, they add Rizzo back, who's like, I think Falafel's 14, Rizzo's 18. Also, but either way. I, the, the one aspect no one really talking about is Josh Donaldson is an asshole. Yeah. And you need, need an asshole in the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. Donald, you need an asshole in the clubhouse. Cole's an asshole, but he's a, um, he's a cerebral one. And he has yeah, to be, I, I think, as a pitcher. I can't take him serious with that voice. I'm sorry. Right. So you, you need a guy like Donald. And then cool. you speak like this in the media and you're talking about having beef. It's, and like, I, I can't it's like Pat Mahomes. I can't. Um, it's worse than Pat Mahomes. I can't do it. I like it from a makeup standpoint, too. Rizzo's a World Series winner. Donaldson's a, an asshole. Mm-hmm. And we needed both those things. Those are guys who can actually be leaders, unlike a guy like Brett Gardner is 100 years old. Um, please don't I lo- bring him. I, I love Brett Gardner. I'm just. Give him a role with the team, make him an all you know, uh, spring training. I, I know he's still trying to get a deal, just stop. Yeah, he needs to read the writing on the wall. Um, but anyway, I, I it's not that these Yankees pieces are elite or the best options they could have gone, 
And it's not that the Yankees have gone from the 92 win team they were last year to a 100 win team as constructed right now, because neither of those things are true. But it is to say, if you watched the Yankees last year, and I said this, Henry, from the opening series against Toronto when they could not drive in a run to save their life with men in scoring position. And by mid-April, you can attest, because I was very annoying. By mid-April, you, I was over this team last you year. You being annoying, though. Yeah. I what you you can ask anyone I talk to daily about the Yankees. By mid-April, I said this team wasn't very good, and I stuck to it. And if it wasn't for that deadline where they got Rizzo and they got guys like Clay Holmes, this was an eight, a mid to late mid to high 80s win team last year that turned into a 92 win team. Um, that was the reason. Their dynamic was terrible. They had guys out of position everywhere. They had very bad infield defense. They hit into a million double plays. They got thrown out all over the bases. And on top of that, they struck out constantly. You add all that together, it's a really tough way to score runs. They were 19th in runs last year. You want to talk about their pitching, top five in almost every category in the MLB. Their offense was terrible last year for a lot of reasons. And they fixed a lot of that, bringing Rizzo, Falafel, take that, Joey, and Donaldson into the mix to replace Gio and Sanders. Take that, Falafel, Joey. Yeah, now the platoon at catcher can definitely stay an upgrade. Yeah, I'm getting hungry too. The uh, the platoon at catcher can definitely use an upgrade. Um, I'm not necessarily, I don't think it's 100% necessary. I'm actually curious to see how this platoon would work. Fuck the platoon, you know what I want. You want Sean Murphy, I I want Sean Murphy. Yeah, I do too, but he's making league minimums. Get me Sean Murphy, get me. I'll take Contreras too. I don't know what that costs. Murphy, Manaya. Work out a package and give me those guys. And I think there's a trade left. the The Yankees right now are third, could be fourth, but probably third in the AL East right now. They're the fifth or sixth best team in the AL, I think, right now. Um, but they've definitely that offense will be better than 19th. I think it's probably in the 10 to 15 range as it is right now, they could probably use another bet. I think if you get me a lefty bet, a outfielder, catcher, starter, and reliever, those four pieces. Um, this is a, a world series contender. If you get me a fraction of those, then obviously the, the bar moves up. I mean, you give me Jack Peterson. I'm happy you give me, I was going to say Eddie Rosario, but I didn't realize he signed earlier today. Jock to the Giants. He's out too. Jock went to the Giants. Yeah, he is going to smoke the most weed anyone's ever seen in the history Jock of the world. Went to the Giants. Yeah, I'd go there too if I smoked as much weed as he did. <laughs> I mean, it's legal uh, everywhere now. I mean, he, you're not getting in the trouble. Giants for in New York. love. Yeah, but the Gi- Giants love smoking weed. Cali weed. You know, New York weed has nothing on Cali weed. It's not even close. Yeah. Uh, so because he can he, he can go smoke weed and then just lay on the beach for like eight hours if he wanted to. Yeah, Cali's um, a very anyway. Jack is a very Cali vibe. I see it. Yeah, for sure. Um, Conforto's still out there. I'd take him. I would take him. Not Teddy. a great. He, I would take. I, him I like his batting profile is perfect, and he's another lefty. Um, I don't. He's probably not an everyday center fielder, but I think between him and Judge, you probably can piece it together when Hicks gets hurt. Yeah, so, Confetti's not a good center fielder, but you can put him in right field and Judge can play center on the days that you need them to. So, right. So, um, anyway, th- that's Falaf- the guy who- Falafel can play center field. He can do anything he wants. Yeah, he right. can catch too. He's he's great. 
just he's he's the key when the Red Sox signed Kike Hernandez, no one was like, What a shitty deal! I can't believe what the Red Sox are doing. This is exactly like that, but Yankee fans can't handle it because it's not a name brand. Does does Larry not understand that Castellanos is not a left handed hitter? Yeah, nor can he play good defense. He's actually a terrible fit in almost every way I can think of. We, we've except been for through the fact this, Larry. It's not happening. He's he's right-handed. He can't play any position. The Yankees don't really need any position, especially in the infield. The only thing the Yankees could use is a catcher and center fielder, and he doesn't play that. That's the long and short of it. Uh, so anyway, so that that's where the Yankees are at. Now the Mariners having an interesting and kind of under the radar offseason. That surprised me. That deal. They get Jesse Winker, who I absolutely love. And then they get Cusenio Suarez. Eugenio who, Suarez. Who is, who is probably terrible at this point. Um, they gave up Justin Dunn and Jake Fraley. I mean, Dunn, Dunn and Brandon Williamson. Basically one big prospect and some filler. Uh, now, Winker's a fantastic player. I think that's a great haul for the, Mar- for the Mariners. Suarez is pretty terrible, but he's going to hit so- you 30 empty home runs. Does the Mar- do the Mariners have the best outfield in baseball? Because I think they do. I'm pulling up their depth chart now because I had a feeling we were going to discuss this. Um, I'm looking at their team. I mean, I, this look. You, you this have the a, rook. You have the rookie of the year right now slated to not start. This was a team who, by the way, was basically a 90 win team. Uh, they're in a division that just got a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Texas got better, but Oakland got so much worse yep. that, that yeah, they're and worse. the Astros are losing people. Yeah, Astros, as of right now, lost Correa. Um, and the Angels are just an embarrassment to lost, MLB. So. Lost Granky. Right. Um, yeah, you got Winker, Eric Kalanick, and Mitch Hanniger right now starters. And Kyle Lewis. Kyle not Lewis, a fourth outfielder. And Dylan Moore is is a pretty solid utility That's guy. That's the too. best outfield in baseball, in my opinion. I gotta think of other outfields. I feel like they're we're missing something obvious. Like, That's a hell of an outfield, man. What's the Dodgers outfield right now? Not good as good. Betts Bellinger is Bellinger at first. I can't even keep. Belly is everywhere. First, right? Belly yeah. is everywhere. Bellinger bets. Uh, I don't know. I have to think. It's it might be the best young outfield. Give me that. Give me that outfield right now. You have. I forgot they had Toro. Uh, too. Yeah, big fan pa- of him. Pollock, Bellinger, and Betts. I'm sorry. Give me the Mariners. Give me the Mariners outfielders. This is a rock solid team. Uh, you know, it's it's got a lot of margin for error, but it's a really good. They've got a lot of young good players, and they still have a good farm system too. So, I mean, Mitch Hanniger is a guy that no one talks about, and all he does is fucking mash. Yeah, that offense will be fine. I'm looking at the rotation, and they don't really have one, <laughs> so that's a problem. Yeah, Marco Gonzalez, Chris, Chris Flexen, and Logan Gilbert. And Logan Gilbert was kind of a mess last year. I know he's a huge prospect. He could put it together at any time, but he was not very good last year. Um, and then you've got like a million guys in the bullpen. The bullpen's okay. Justice Sheffield. Justice Sheffield. Somewhere. I just saw that name. <laughs> Fuck up. I uh, – yeah, they've they need a, a starter need badly. Yeah. Um, but other than that, they're a pretty solid team. I like them. I think in the West they can they can compete. Um, they'll probably be a threat for that third wild card. That's where I'd slot them right now. I don't know if they are the favorite for it, but they'd be a threat for it. I, I think Seattle's gonna sneak up on a lot of teams this year. 
I may not be able to make predictions. <laughs> We're going to have to really flex the schedule a little bit. I might have to mail them in or something, but I mean, we su- we're supposed to make predictions for our, our yeah. sister podcast. I'm telling you right now, I I probably have Rays, Blue Jays, Yankees in that order in the East. White Sox will definitely win the Central, and I Astros are probably going to win the West. So really, you're talking in my mind, Red Sox, Mariners, maybe the Twins, probably not, though for that last wild card spot. Is that where you're at right now? I, I agree with the three AL East teams. Yeah. The, I, I, I can see Seattle winning the West. Call me crazy. I, could, I, I think they're going to compete for it. I'd still give the edge to the Astros. Um, Larry wants wants the Tigers to be mentioned. They are not there yet. Yeah. I like what they're doing, Larry. I, I love the Tigers will starters. probably do what we saw. Um, what we saw, and I'm drawing a freaking blank. What we saw the Mariners do. You know, they're going to mm-hmm. take that step where you say this is a really nice team, and you know they're going to put it together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they'll, they'll challenge 500. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're not going to get a, a playoff spot. Not, I mean, even if the right, like, what's what the is best it's case six, scenario? Six teams, right? Six. Yeah. So, what's the best case scenario for the Tigers? It's that you know the Yankees are going to win high eighties, low nineties, mid nineties. But when all said like this is what they do, the Rays are going to win probably close to hundred games. The Jays could win mid to high nineties. Yeah. So you're really talking like. I mean, yeah. you do you do have a situation where you can get four AL East teams in the playoffs. Yeah, with the, with the and it wouldn't line. surprise me. This really isn't designed to come off like I'm bashing the Red Sox. I'm not trying to, but they did lose Erod. Chris Sale has broken ribs. He's going to start on the IL. Um, they lost Hunter Renfro, who okay. not only did they lose Hunter Renfro, but he had a career year last year, and they lost him. I don't know what Kansas City and Minnesota are. Yeah. Um. It, the Central is just the White Sox and only the White Sox. It's very, yeah. I mean, the White Sox. I'm going to say, gonna win like I'm, I'm gonna say Seattle and, wins the West. All right. We'll see. So the Red Sox, I, I, these just have to be, are these just not updated? De- Do they really have Sale, Evaldi, Pavetta, Hauk, and Seabold as their rotation right now? Yeah. That's not good. Nope. <laughs> They lost Erod. Now Tanner Halk, I think, is fine as a five starter, but you're looking at Evaldi staying healthy again, Pavetta doing what he did again, Chris Sale staying healthy long enough. Who's already battling injuries? Who's we'll already going to start the season hurt? The bullpen. I mean, you know, you still got Saramua and Barnes, and the bullpen's fine. I actually like. Strom signing was good. Whitlock comes back. Um, I thought they had signed another reliever I liked, too. I can't remember who it is. Anyway, I think their bullpen's fine. They have no – I mean, that rotation's bad right now. You – you that is way – those are way more question marks than anyone else in the East not named the Orioles. So, that's part of it. The other part is that the Red Sox really were supposed to be like a mid-80s at best team last year. They won 92 games and they made – this is what the problem is. If the Red Sox lost to the Yankees that night at Fenway, 
Carlos Rich Hill. That's a good one. Rich Hill, thank you. Yeah, I don't know why these guys aren't mentioned on these depth charts, but I had the they had so. Oh, and Michael Walker is there too, isn't he? No, is not. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna look it up. Waka Waka Waka's in Boston. Yeah, he's yeah he's in Boston too. So these depth charts just aren't updated. I was like, there's no way Kimes at this point in the, in the off season, and that's the rotation. Um. Yeah, this one has Red Hill in the four spot. It still doesn't have Waka. That's so weird. Maybe it's not a major league deal. Or that, or it's um, not official yet. Yeah, Maybe I don't know what's... Make, you know, um, 40-man roster space. Anyway, Hill and Waka is a little bit better for depth, but those guys aren't <laughs> aren't aren't mid-range guys, let alone front-end guys. Don't forget they um, got Jackie Bradley back. <laughs> right, and he's replacing Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro, I don't care how good his defense is. It's not a good trade-off uh they lost erod who's their most reliable starter so the red sox were a middle a mid 80s win team and had they lost to the yankees that night and i know they won and credit to them for winning but had they lost to the yankees that night we're looking at them very differently today yeah we are not looking at them as a team that very nearly went to the world series because they did they got very hot for six games and beat the shit out of everyone who pitched and now we look at them as a team just short of the World Series when really we should be looking at them as a mid-80s team who would have made an expanded playoff last year, and now they've gotten worse, in my mind. So that's why I have the Red Sox fourth. Chris Yankees, I don't looking think... better and better, brother. What's that? That Chris Hill contract looking better and better. I knew that end of Aldi, I knew it was a mistake the second they signed it. I, I get why they did it, but it, it everyone knew that was going to be a terrible contract. Um. But anyway, so that's Red Sox have gotten worse, and they're the only ones out of the four in the AL East who can say that, I think. I don't think the Yankees have gotten worse. I just don't think they've gotten substantially better. And that's a problem because the Blue Jays have gotten substantially better, and the Rays are substantially better. So that's that's where everything's at in the East. And those are those. And those, yeah. I mean, they've got years to go still. Not um, that long. Years, multiple. <laughs> They're, they're at 2025, maybe like that's probably their window. Let's see what Osley Rochman does. Yeah, maybe you can talk me into 2024. Uh, he's, but... he's a keeper in my one of my fantasy leagues, so I, I need him to come up and be productive. I don't think I have any Orioles prospects. I, yeah, I'll tell you one thing small tidbit no one would appreciate but me. Kevin Smith was in that Matt Chapman trade. Yep. He's in my dynasty team, and now he's like probably be starting third baseman for the A's after he was. Buried by that Blue Jays infield in Toronto. So I'm happy about that. Yeah, me gusta. Yeah. Uh, Adam Onovino going to the Mets. Enjoy that. So <laughs> we haven't talked about the Mets yet, and we oh, really should. Listen to me. I am going to thoroughly enjoy that one because that yeah. guy is a fucking head case. Yeah. I don't care. There are guys that you have and you go through and you experience and you say, fuck that guy. I don't want to deal with him. He's that guy. Yeah. They basically uh, replaced Familia with him. I'd rather have Familia. Let's go back a year. You had your Mets, your Mets, you had Rob's Mets. You had the Mets in the World, World Series, Series last year. Um, I had them as a wild, as the second wild card, and they didn't do either. They didn't make the playoffs. Um, now Uncle Steve is in his second rendition, and he ups that meter to 11. We've got a we've got Escobar, who I think is an okay signing. He's an improvement. We've got Mark Canha, who I love, 
I think I that like was a him. great signing. I, I you got fantastic signing. Yep. Sterling Marte, right? He went over there. Marte, he's already yep. dealing with some oblique issues. Yeah, I'm a little concerned on regression. I think he had a career year last year. Obliques um, are a pain in the ass and they linger. Now they do have Davis who was hurt. They have Smith who was a little off, I think. Um, Jeff McNeil was hurt last year. Brandon Nemo was hurt last year. So they've got enough bats, I think, at this point to have a pretty good offense. You know what's funny? I I thought, and you're going to think I'm nuts, I thought they should have gotten rid of J.D. Davis finally because he's one of those guys that just trying. not going to trade his ass. Yeah. Trade Dom Smith. I really thought Nelson Cruz would have been a great fit for the Mets at DH. That's interesting. Yeah, I uh, the Mets could use a thumper. And I'm with you. They have to trade one of these guys who don't have a position. Yeah. Um, and we know Smith is pretty terrible on defense. We know Davis is pretty terrible on defense. Yeah. Um, consolidate. You know, they lost Conforto. I don't think that's a massive loss for them. But um, I, I think the offense will find a way with those three additions. Um, here's where I'm very, very concerned about the Mets again. And I'll preface this by saying they, they better be a playoff team. <laughs> if they somehow don't make the playoffs with a $290 million payroll, like just – End the Mets. As a Mets fan, you should lose all hope for eternity if they don't make the playoffs this year. I think they will. Here's my very major concern. I am the one who broke Jake DeGrom last year as, as being a potential injury risk, and he was, and he did. Max Scherzer is old and has a lot, unlike Jake DeGrom, he's got a lot of innings on that arm. They're both risks. And then on top of that, you now have um, – where was I going with the signing over here? Oh, Adam Adovino. Now, Adam Adovino is not a, not a major cog in the machine over there. I, you know, the Mets bullpen's fine without him. But he is another guy who I guarantee you by September is totally useless. Yep. He's proven it last year. He proved it every year with the Yankees. This is who he is. He, can't, he is done by August. So that's three guys. May, yeah, maybe earlier. I mean, the older he gets, the worse it's going to be. Yeah. The Mets have a lot of talent. They've got a great owner, finally. Um, I think they're going to be really exciting. They've got a ton of star power over there. They may even be better than the Yankees this year. But I'm very concerned about the, making a playoff run because I think by October, you've got a huge risk. Your best players are burnt out. Max Scherzer was burnt out in the NLCS last year. So how are they going to preserve those guys is my biggest question. And unfortunately, there may not be a solution to that. I look at that, that organization and I see a lot of things. I see Jake DeGrom, I see Max Scherzer, and I don't see a better one-two punch in the game. Not even close. Then you have a precipitous drop-off of yep. the rest of the rotation. They did get Chris Bassett, which was a nice trade. Um, yep. He jumps to probably third in that rotation, which, again, that's still a hell of a drop-off. Taiwan Walker is a question mark. Carlos Carrasco, we don't know what you're getting in here anymore. Trevor yeah. Williams, um, what is it? Uh, what was the other guy? Peterson that they loved? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, after one and two, it's, it's, a, it's a big, big question mark. Then you have Mark Kana. Love him. Think that was a great deal. Love the Marte. Like the Marte addition. Didn't like the deal, but I get it. It had to happen. Yeah. Um, Brandon Nimmo, I think we're still trying to figure out what the hell he is as a player. 
He can yep. be really good. He can be really bad. Dom Smith is trash. J.D. Davis is trash. I do not like Eduardo Escobar at third base for them. I think that's a terrible, terrible choice for third base. Um, I'm not so crazy th- about McCann either. There, there's some holes there. He's better than some some other catchers. So yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, there's a lot of holes there, and there's a lot of room to to improve. And I I thought getting rid of some of those guys and bringing in a Nelson Cruz just to be an absolute dumper would was great for this team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I guess to, 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 that was you know, yeah. to, 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 and Eric Chavez, I'm a big believer in too. I mean, I look, they've got the coaching, they've spent the money, they brought in the talent. I think if I can summarize my fear for the Mets, it's that the best players on your team are Jacob DeGrom, Max Scherzer, Edwin Diaz, Peter and Francisco Lindor. Peter Alonso. Right. And I mean, you can keep going there. Sterling Marte, whatever. Uh, those four guys I just listed are all very important players to that team. And all four of them have major, major risk to me. And that that scares me. And I'm telling you, this the is Mets a are weird. You have, like you said, you have a handful of players that you absolutely love. Yeah. And then you have some parts that you're like, I don't like these guys. Yeah. They've got two Cy Young candidates and they've probably got five top 25 MVP candidates on that team. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just risky. I, it, I don't like that team designed in October, unless, of course, DeGrom and Scherzer are perfectly healthy. Then they're probably just going to steamroll everyone. <laughs> so I think that's Robert, really what it comes I think Robinson to. Cano is a fucking cancer just by being there. Yeah, I don't think he should even. I, if, if I'm, Why I'm not just eat, eat his salary? Eat, eat the cost and cut him. I mean, I agree. It's like, what's the point at this point? Just get rid of him. Um, McCutcheon to the Brewers, hands to the Phil, I mean, the Phillies are signing Schwarber and then signing Brad Hand as they're pitching. Uh, I don't know. Nelson Cruz, the Nationals, anywhere Nelson Cruz is going to go, I'm automatically a fan of it. I don't get that one, though. No, it's weird. It's so um, many teams who could use a DH and they go to a team that's not going to really compete or expect yeah. it to compete. The deal is fine, but yeah, I don't right, get right. it. Just the team. Yep. Um, talked about the Yankees, Brax, Brad Boxberger going back to the Brewers, uh, Cardinals adding Whitgren. Twins earlier had gotten Sonny Gray, so that's nice for them. He's a perfect, perfect fit in Minnesota. I couldn't even tell you how perfect he is uh, being a total pussy. And um, <laughs> I'm still a Sonny Gray fan. Man. I know you are. Uh, no, he'll look, I think he'll do. I think he'll do well there. I think it's he's going to do a, exceptional in that part. It's ambiguity. It's a pitcher's park. Um, I think he'll be fine. Minnesota usually doesn't have issues with that, so we'll see. The Rockies, Jose Iglesias, Alex Colme, and Chris Bryant. I mean, that is the most motley. I don't know what, like the Rockies don't understand how to build anything. It's so weird. And all of their top prospects, by the way, since probably Arenado's story in Blackman Wave, have really not panned out. I mean, that was a good farm system of hitters, and like none of them have reached their potential yet. And Herman Marquez, I wonder if they ever trade him. Yeah, I uh, don't. John Graham trade him while he's hot, in my mind. Um, by the way, I do like the the Chris Bassett deal is a perfect deal for the Mets yeah, because I like you have Scherzer and Degrom. That's a great that it, that was a great deal for them. Josh Harrison, second baseman for the White Sox. That's fine. Um, they don't need 
a great second baseman because they've got a lot of sticks in that lineup, so that's fine. Kikuchi I wonder if the Mets could have gotten better and, and gotten uh, one of the other guys from Oakland instead. Which one? The pitchers. Manaya. Oh, like Montez and yeah. Manaya. Yeah. I don't know what they're asking for, Oakland. Um, so we'll see. I don't even understand why they're rebuilding, to be honest with you. Those are teams that aren't they, they trying to get a no park? I mean, like, come on. Uh, yeah. Well, someone put it as they're trying to Cleveland Indians major league it. They're trying to tank so hard that they like can relocate. I don't know. Uh, but it's bizarre. Uh, Clayton Kershaw back with the Dodgers one year deal. He's really kind of an afterthought at this point. I mean, if he gives you a hundred innings, great. Rodon to the Giants. He's the perfect guy for the Giants to replace Gaussman with, in my mind. So I'm surprised he got that much money, though. I am too. That was a big deal for a guy who I think there's a one year opt out, though. Might as well just dress him up as the Riddler. I mean, all the question marks he has on him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I, I Giants have to regress, right? I mean, they had so many walk offs and one run wins last year and come from behind. I like they. So, so here, here's the thing. We didn't expect them to be that good in 20. We didn't expect them to be good in 21, and they were good in both. That's true. We do have to respect that their floor is a lot higher than I think I people mean, want it to be, but 107 wins in that, uh, you know, with the Dodgers and Padres in your division. So if you're 10 wins, if you're 10 wins less, you're at 97 wins. That's a hell yeah. of a fucking season. It's a, it's a big cushion, yeah. I, I, I guess that's how I feel. Is they're probably a 95-win team. They're not 107. I mean, that's a big – that's still a good team. Yeah, it's, it'll be good for a wild card. Um, Anderson Simmons to the Cubs. Have fun with that. Uh, I wanted him up until two years ago, and then I'm like, all right, he's done. Yeah. Martin Perez, Marcus Simeon, Corey Seager, and Mitch Garver. All to the Rangers. Very, they've done it so far apart. I don't think people are really looking at the full picture over there. That's a nice offseason for they're them. gonna fucking hit. Yeah, they're gonna be a pain in the ass. They they've, they've always they've always hit, so it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. Yeah. Uh and then we go back to Marcus Stroman, who was before the lockout. So uh, that's your free that. agency. Good luck with that I, fucking headache in the Chicago. Uh, I just hate him as a person. <laughs> so, so yeah. just for the record, you loved him before. You loved him for the I WB. I, I did. To- and I told you, did I not, t- did I not he, tell you he was an asshole? He was an absolute horse in the World Baseball Classic for the U.S. Asshole. Uh, but yeah, he's he is an asshole. Jesse Smollett of the MLB. <laughs> yeah, he's a piece <laughs> of shit for sure. I'll give you that. Uh, what do we see happening here still? Angels are said to be going after. I don't actually know if they're said to be. I saw Otani. I tried to flip it for for Eddie. Um, I don't know what the Angels are even trying to do. Not improve. I can give you that. There were so many guys out there. So many, so many guys out there. I just the Angels are a joke. They got Noah. So there's that. I mean that that would that wasn't a bad deal, but right uh, for that for them, I agree. Right. Um, so we know Oakland and Cincinnati are in fire sales. That much we know. Now, Red's manager, Red's GM came out today and said, we're probably not moving Louis Castillo or Tyler Molly. I did not see that. Yeah. So, that blows. right. 
So you can maybe talk yourself into Joey Votto going somewhere if someone eats that money. Um, I don't see that. I think that's the typical deal owners do is they keep that guy so fans show up. Yeah. So I don't see Votto going Yeah. Uh, Suarez is gone. He was a guy I would have said could have been traded. Um, Real quick, I just (laughs) pulled up the Angels depth chart. (laughs) That <laughs> would make me laugh, too. <laughs> Shohei Otani, Noah Syndergaard, Patrick Sandoval, Jose Suarez, and Reed Detmers. Jesus Christ. It's sad state of affairs. That's really terrible. Sad. That's a franchise in L.A. This is probably a Mets fans felt until this year. It's a franchise in L.A. They've got every resource in the world to be good, and they're just a constant embarrassment to the sport to the point of killing their own players. That's sad. Really, really sad and bad. And they've had two of the most electric players in baseball. Three if you add pools when they got them. That's the unbelievable part is they've had MVP after MVP and they still can't put it together. Even the fake MVPs like Otani, they've got him too. So, I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, TJ Anton? Interesting piece for the Reds. He's cheap, so I don't know if he goes anywhere, but that could be a guy. Luis Sessa's over there. Take him back. Take him back. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the only one that would like Sessa. They already got rid of Tucker Barnhart, so Tyler Stevenson's not going anywhere. Mustakis is dying over there. Uh, so, yeah, I guess maybe, yeah, take them out of Boyd. They've got Mustakis and Votto. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so I don't know how much more the Reds have, but Oakland's got Montas and they've got Manaya. And maybe Murphy, although, like I said, Murphy's cheap, so I don't know if they're going to move someone like that. I mean, why keep him? Because he's cheap. That's all Oakland cares about. But yeah, they've got the two hottest pitchers probably left, so they're going to get a haul. Um, I'd like to know what they're asking for to see if I'd be interested. Also, there's no one listed that catcher besides Murphy on their depth chart, but I could swear they had a second catcher. No, they do, yeah. Yeah, that's got to be just... I don't know if these depth charts are updated to include injuries and stuff. Yeah. Um, Anyway, do you have any trade predictions? Doesn't have to be necessarily matches, just players you think will still be traded. I mean, you look at your own teams, you you have Luke Voigt. I think Luke Voigt is as good as gone. Yeah. I think the Mets get rid of J.D. Davis. Okay. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Seattle got rid of one of the outfielders. Yeah. I if mean, they, if, if they flip one it. of those outfielders to, to, you know, maybe get an arm back or something, it wouldn't surprise me. I have a gut feeling only one of Montas and Minaya is going to go. And it's probably Minaya. I don't know why. He's closer I to just, free agency, if I'm not mistaken. I think he is too. He's a little less reliable in my mind. So I think Manaya will go. I don't necessarily think Montaz will go. I don't think Murphy will go. I could see Elvis Andrews going. Who's eating that money? I don't know. That I don't have an answer for. Not the Yankees anymore. No. So that was a rumor for a bit. I, I think San Diego gets rid of a couple guys to to free up some roster space and some money. 
they're going to try and move Hosmer, obviously. Yeah. Um, I like a guy like Cronenworth, I think would actually be an interesting trade candidate. Uh, I don't know what incentive they have to move him, but they could, if they get the right price, maybe. Is Clevenger healthy? He is. He said he's in the best shape of his life. Like I wonder, every if, they, player I wonder Virginia. if they dangle him. Yeah. I actually said it jokingly. I was, you know, for Void. Obviously, that wouldn't happen. No. But, uh, yeah, give me Clevenger. I mean, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I think Void's the most obvious one. And I think that you're going to see there's still – like the Cardinals, to me, still have work to do. The Red Sox still have work to do. You hope it's not Freeman. <laughs> but If it's Freeman, then I really don't know what the hell is going on. Right. That would really baffle me. Um, the Jays have to be pretty much done at this point. Yeah. The Rays are probably done, although they, they seem to want to bat, so Actually, they might do something. Maybe. The, do the Blue Jays have too much depth now that they just got Chapman? They got guys like Biggio. And, That's what I'm um, saying. Yeah. I mean, they could move guys if they wanted to. I just don't know if they want to. They might keep those guys because they can. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, rule changes. So the CBA is over. We've got a five-year agreement. Uh, we'll spare you the details. The, the CBT taxes changed. There's now four tiers. The top one is 290, which is 60 million over the low one, which is 230. And the two middle are 20 million above each other. Um, it doesn't really mean much. The first three tiers, it's just kind of a tax difference. Yeah. So they cost owners more. The fourth one's where they really which, start to try and screw. I, I hate because there was no floor. I mean, I get having limits and I get it, but right. put a floor in place. Yeah, if you were going to add a fourth tax that had a pretty strong penalty attached to it, you should add some sort of floor, even if it's something that is easily obtainable. Right. Uh, they didn't do that, but they did raise minimum salaries, which are escalating pretty nicely, I would say, over the five years. They got a pretty good deal. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's how that's players got a lot of what they wanted here. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, minor leaguers just won a case for like $1.8 million in pay. And then on top of that, you got the um, the Super 2 money, the $50 million, I think, was the agreement. So that's pretty good. Now you basically, if you're a guy who is being manipulated or is in pre-arb, you've got a shot at a payday based on incentives, which I think is fair. So those are the, the CBA agreements. Now the rule changes, and we do not have to talk about extreme shifts any more than we already have on this show, but they are gone in 2023. We don't they know exactly gone. what those rules are yet. Like I said in the group, Joey Gallo confirmed 2023 MVP. Yeah, and it won't be with the Yankees, which is what's the funniest part. Um, so, yeah, so I mean, you're going to have extreme shifts eliminated, which uh, you know I support. And then we have, um, Oh, the extra inning rule was originally eliminated. Now it might come back. Yeah, I saw that. It was like three, four days after everything was settled. And, you know, I get this update. Oh, they're thinking about bringing the ghost runner back. Yeah, so that's a vote that's pending that I really, really hope does not pass. I have no interest in that coming back. I, I haven't seen a single person that likes the ghost runner. I think there were a few in the comments, but I, the overwhelming majority hates it. I guess it's um, the players pushing for it so that there's no, you know, they can kind of end game sooner. And I, I get it, but I don't like the ghost runner. 
The only thing about it I like is that the Yankees deep bullpen's kind of deeper than it was at this time last year. And their offense, like I said, is more dynamic. So they might actually be better in those games. Uh, I, but I, that said, I, from a just, rule standpoint, I don't like it. It's cheap to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, speaking it's of like cheap. the NFL overtime rules, but that's. Yes, that's exactly right. Um, double headers back to nine innings each. I was okay with the seventh inning. Double I also was. That I was, was actually one of the cheap rules I was okay with. Yeah, I, I was fine with sense. that one. Um, and then, of course, Universal DH was probably the biggest thing, which we've been in support for years. And NL blowhards who miss pitchers hitting will soon see in like two years. Dude, we had somebody in the loop trying to convince us that Zach Granke is better known for his hitting than his pitching. He might join the 10-10 club, Henry, for his career. The most asinine shit I've read all day. I don't get it. I don't I don't get it. I mean, I've watched NL baseball before. It's not like I haven't, and it's terrible. It's terrible to watch a pitcher hit. Uh, 99.8% of the time, it is terrible. And the other 0.2% of the time, you get a hit. You get your occasional CC Sabathia runs or your Jake DeGrom runs like last season or, you know, a nice moment here or Bartolo Colon home run there. For the most Once part, in his entire career, by the for way. the most part, it fucking stinks. It blows. It just kills rallies. It kills offense. Just it, it's, it's terrible. The part that cracks me up about it is that okay, Madison Bumgarner homers opening day off Clayton Kershaw. Very cool moment. Right. Happened once. Probably never happen again. David Ortiz hits a grand slam in the ALCS to tie the game down four. David Ortiz has walk-offs against the Yankees back-to-back nights. Edgar Martinez walks off the Yankees in 95. Nelson Cruz has dramatic home runs. Uh, Like, how many DH moments do you need that make the game unbelievably substantially more exciting? Hideki Matsuni owning Pedro Martinez. Yeah, Hideki Matsuni, two home runs, six RBIs, and a game clincher to clinch the World Series. What I don't get it. There, there's 50 moments every single year that are historically it's dominant just, by D. I mean, some, look at the. I wonder if they just trolling. I wonder if they just trolling sometimes. I think they just can't let go of what they're used to. Humans just don't like change. Okay, that's that, interesting. Car- Carlos suggests put the ghost runner at first base. I saw that and I've seen it before and I like it. Okay, I I, I, I might. I haven't had time to process that, but I I, I could probably get on board with that. Their strategy because you can you it's the previous out so you can bunt you can do a bunch of things I, you can I, bunt you can pinch run with your I can get behind that a bench. lot more than the ghost runner at second yeah uh, and it, yeah it automatically kind of promotes stealing bases which I think is needed back into the game base running so I'm all about that yeah I'm all, I'm all about that that would be fine that would be way better than second base. You shouldn't be able – the ghost runner shouldn't be able to score without a hit is, I guess, how I feel about it. Unless they do something like steal a base, take a risk. I, if you I can like, take a risk and score, it's fine. The more I'm processing it, the more I can get behind that ghost runner at yeah. first base. Right. I would be fine with that. Um, or I would be fine with second base, but as some have said, after like the 12th inning. I still like the first base idea better. I do like that better, but if you had to do the second base one, don't do it after nine innings. That's yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. well, it was at, it was after tenth. It wasn't the ninth inning. It was after the tenth inning. Was it? Yeah. 
Okay. Either way, back it up. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm just not a fan of it. Yeah. Um, we've had a couple injuries already. Fernando Tatis, the biggest one, and he has broken his wrist. This is another guy, much like Jacob DeGrom, that I said last year, I did not trust him. He got hurt last year. He's now hurt again this year. And, and this is paid. now a pattern, and he's a 300-something million-dollar guy. This is really not good for the Padres right now. I'm a big proponent on players getting their money. Yeah. When this early. when this deal was made, I said it didn't make sense. Yep. Um, a lot of people said it didn't make sense. And it's shit like this that makes it not make sense, especially when it was done riding a fucking motorcycle. It was reckless and stupid. I mean, yeah, this reminds me of uh, Aaron Boone. <laughs> I don't know. There was a comment I saw, and I don't know if it was true or not, because it, it just came off as so dumb that I didn't think it could be true. Whereas someone asked him, uh, what was the question? How did, did he break his, did he hurt himself on the motorcycle? And he said and he something said which like, one? which time? No, that's true. Oh, yeah, is, did, that. Was that a real quote? Yeah, I saw that in several, several places um, from beat writers. Yeah, you really did say that. I, it, we were both, like, I get locking him up. Neither of us liked the salary. Yeah. It's, it's not really saving the Padres money. They nice. just guaranteed him, like, 13 years of pay for no reason. And so far, he is not earning it because he's injured all the time. Listen to me. I am a motorcycle guy. I've had several motorcycles. I have two motorcycles right now. I have cruisers. They're made for cruising, you know. Um, yeah. Think Harley style. They're not Harleys. I got rid of my Harley. I, I have a Suzuki M109R. It's a powerful bike, but it's a cruiser. It's not a sports bike. These guys don't like riding. Uh, they don't like riding cruisers. They like riding sports bikes. It's made of fiberglass. The shit is made to go. Yeah. I, that's when I was younger. I, I did all that shit when I was younger. You can't catch me on a, on a sports bike right now. I'll ride a cruise all day. I'm not getting on a sports bike right now. Those things yeah. are just, they, they invite too much adrenaline, too much, too much, uh, too much risk, especially if, if I depended on my body to make a living. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And a wrist injury for a guy who plays shortstop and can hit the way he can hit and who's, I don't want to use the word reckless, but who's very aggressive on the base pads this is an injury that can linger all season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I'm going to give you three pitchers names. You tell me who worries you the most. Jack Flaherty. (laughs) (laughs) Jack Flaherty, Chris Sale, Domingo Herman. Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I mean, Jack Flaherty, not taking anything away from Chris Sale, but the Red Sox basically went to the ALCS last year without him. And the Cardinals, that's their guy. I, I mean, he's the ace of that step. Yeah. Domingo Herman, I think, is is an important depth piece for the Yankees because they don't have a ton of it right now. Um, but he's not a front-end pitcher for them. So it's Flaherty by default. Flaherty is everything I want Luis Castillo to be. Yeah. And it's not a injury. It's multiple shoulder injuries. So he's got yeah, like it's... multiple things going on with his shoulders and they don't know what the fuck it is. He's been evaluated a few times. I think he's had an MRI already. This is not a good look. It's so and bad. Mom. And I, yeah. I hate when people do this, but I'm going to do it when you bring real life into fake life. 
it's so bad that he is on my fantasy team where I can keep him. And I have not yet kept him. Whereas in any other year, it's a no-brainer to keep him. I'm just waiting to see what kind of report comes back. But I, that's a scary, scary injury. It's worrisome for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, he's the youngest, I think. And he also, it's shoulder. Herman is the shoulder that worries me. Uh, I think the Yankees need to address that, especially with Tyon coming off surgery and Severino being relied upon again. Um, Sale, probably the least risky, even though he's yeah, their ace, because it's broken ribs. It's nothing to do with his arm. It's nothing that's not... Sale could retire today, and I think his, his legacy is pretty much cemented in baseball. Was, you know, yeah, I felt... Short-lived, short Hall of Fame trajectory, you know, had all the stuff in the world. His legacy cemented. Jack Flaherty, he's just he has a history of injuries, and it's that he's starting to creep into that what could have been territory. Yeah, the kid is nasty, man. Yeah, great stuff. So I uh, I had the vaccine policy in New York as our last topic. We don't have to discuss it because uh, it's not going to be a problem for the Yankees or Mets anymore, as I predicted and thought it was the dumbest controversy ever. It's a terrible rule. The fact that they are letting. MLB players play, but not NBA players play, throws me for a loop. I don't know what yep. the fuck is going on. I get science. I don't get this. This is not science. This is asinine. Yep. Especially in the NBA. Kyrie Irving has not been allowed to play, right? Don't give a shit. I'm a Knicks fan. <laughs> However, visiting players who are not vaccinated can play. Kyrie Irving can be on the sidelines. Kyrie Irving can be in a locker room. Kyrie Irving can be around the team. He just can't play. Makes no sense. Right. I don't get the 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 idea of letting MLB get away with it and not the NBA. That's that's a terrible, terrible look that someone has to to answer for. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I terrible I, optic. I get the difference between NBA and MLB, but my overall point here is that it's not a necessary rule in either case. Um, COVID has a thousand cases nationwide right now, which is microscopically small. Yeah. And it's a strand of the virus that is not killing anyone anymore. And these are pro athletes and not a single one to date has come anywhere near dying. Right. Um, so in all, for all of those reasons, this rule is just bureaucratic. They're, like there's no actual purpose to it. And now you're talking about major, I look, it's a game. We know it's a business now. We just right. saw that real hard. Um, it means a lot to a lot of people. There's a lot of money involved. So it's just stupid. It shouldn't even, it should not be involved at all. The, the only angle left that I told you privately that maybe they can hang their hat on, which it's still stupid to me, is the basketball arena is indoors, baseball stadiums outdoors. Right. It's the only thing and, they can hang, which makes no sense because- And fans still- are closer. You're still letting 20,000 fans in a fucking building. It's totally asinine. So Kyrie Irving is not going to affect 20,000. The the likelihood of those 20,000 affecting him is more likely than the other way around. So it's, it's, you know, it's a bit of an overreach here. And and don't get me wrong. Kyrie Irving has been an asshole about the whole thing, but it is his right. And I, I kind of feel like it's a bit of a vendetta against him personally at this point. I think it's part of it. I, I put it this way. If Kyrie were Aaron Judge of basketball, 
I think he'd be treated differently. I agree. But he's not. He's a flat earther. He's an ass. He's caused a lot of drama. Um, and he's defiant. Defiant in the eyes of the media. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think that's part of it. But overall, I think the rules are just stupid, even though I see a difference between MLB and, ML- and NBA in terms of why the rule exists. So. By the way, you, you mentioned Aaron Judge, who was asked if he was vaccinated flat out. And my man had the smoothest answer and just, you know, you know, let's talk about the game. You know, we're not going to talk about yeah. that now. We're going to wait to see the pie. He just like he didn't answer shit. Yeah. He went yeah. to the Derek he, School of Media Training. Yeah, I was going to say he jeetered <laughs> it for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good on him. I, I just too. And the Toronto thing will resolve itself, too. I'm not worried. People on Twitter. I don't know how much you look at Twitter for the stupidity, but I look at it now more than I want to. My Twitter uh, feed is all sports related. And yeah. uh Joey's sending me big booty girls. I'm I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it's people, really just all sports, uh sports media. People were worried to sign Anthony Rizzo because he's very well known unvaccinated because he might not play against Toronto because of Canada's rules about vaccinations. And while this is currently as it is read, that you, there is no way you can tell me that MLB is going to be okay with the Blue Jays, who are all vaccinated by force, <laughs> to have 100% of their roster and play the Red Sox, who allegedly like half of their roster is unvaccinated, the Yankees, who would be without Judge and Rizzo, and presumably Stanton is another one who's rumored not to be unvaccinated, the Mets, if they played an interleague, like half their rosters unvaccinated. You can't tell me MLB is just going to be like, yeah, oh, sorry, that's the you know that's tough shit. That's what Canada wants. It it's not going to happen. How much money talks and how much power um, it yields? Because if Yankee and Mets executives can get to City Hall and and get yeah, some sort of one waiver, phone call, I'm like, are you fucking curious? Like one phone call from Randy Levine, and it was done. This is the kind of uppity up shit that this is the shit fans don't like. This is the kind of shit that the everyday man, the, the the middle class American who goes to a baseball game with two or three of their kids and they can't afford it. This is the kind of shit that they're talking about. Yeah. I usually roll my eyes on a lot of that, but this is the kind of shit that they're talking about with reason. Because if an executive for a sports team can pick up the phone and have an elected official change the policy for them, mm-hmm. there's a problem there. There's a massive, massive problem. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if that elected official is brand new. And I don't know that it was... The mayor, it probably wasn't. There's other, you know, officials in there, you know, lifers. But I, I have a real problem with an executive of a sports team being able to yield that much power. Yeah, no, I agree. It, it, it's totally hypocritical. Um, and, you know, follow the science is fine. You should have followed the science. I completely agreed with right. it, but you're not. That's not happening right it's now. It's no longer the case. I mean. So it yeah, can't be a different science depending listen, on who you are. Follow the science got us this far, right? Because right. now you have you have the uh, the idiots on the other side saying, "Well, COVID just disappeared." No, you fucktards. People are getting vaccinated. People are right. taking precautions. So now you're seeing what probably would have happened a hell of a lot sooner if people took this serious, particularly people who are sitting in our fucking office at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue at the time. You know, if people took this serious, we probably would have gotten here a lot sooner. Yeah. So now here we are. We followed the science and now you have these silly policies that are just it's no longer about science. Sorry. Yeah, it's dumb. So anyway, we're here to call a spade a spade. If it makes sense, it makes sense. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Right. 
Dong City is an equal opportunity hater. Uh, that's a, the best way to describe Dong City. So this has been your episode of Dong City, a very <laughs> large one. Uh, well, and we're going to really, yeah, we're going to really see when the next episode is. Uh, uh, for those of you still tuning in, tell I me why. A child. I am tell having a child why. next Saturday. So, um, yeah, so I, I'll just have to see what life looks like. You are welcome, Henry, by the way, if you have the time to have a guest host with you. Uh, or do a combined division preview show with total bases because I know Maybe. that they are obviously planning on doing something. Like I that, might be so. doing a combined show with the IRS because I have a shitload of tax returns. Yeah, to well, that's the other aspect. It's not just me <laughs> with the busy schedule. So we will see how it goes. Uh, may have some guests, may have some fillers. We're going to piece it all together, just like the Yankees are trying to do. We'll figure it and, out. Uh, or and maybe you go back. live anyway with the baby in the background. Yeah, maybe. Let's we'll have a, I'll just bring this microphone into the hospital room. And we'll go from That's there. That's it. So, no, no video. <laughs> no, God, no. Uh, this has been Dong City. Thank you for joining us, everyone. Have a great night. Dong City, bitches. <laughs>